You're listening to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. G'day, I'm Matt Burke, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Talking Rugby. Today's guest is a man who is one of the youngest players to ever captain the Wallabies at just 22 years of age. He's a tackling machine that leads by example. He was Rookie of the Year in 2012 and has won the coveted John Hills medal twice and is Wallaby number 859. I am, of course, Talking Rugby with Michael Hooper. Uh, welcome, Hoops. Thanks for joining us on Talking Rugby. Thank you very much for having me. First one is, mate, I've got to ask you, how's the body after New Caledonia? Mate, the body has come away pretty good. Um, no tan. I I've, I've realised I can't tan. Um, <laughs> not, that we, not that we got much time in the sun. But um, well, other than on the field, you know, in, in full kit. But, mate, it is good. Like, it's feeling good. Um, we got so much out of that trip uh, in the gym, on the field, um, really squeezed every drop. So, um, yeah, and, has, and had some good time together. Uh, really worthwhile. Really worthwhile. So I, I did mention to uh, check before you guys left uh, about cocktails and, and sunbaking. It, it was very, fu- very much far from it. Did you get introduced to that hill? No. <laughs> well, I think he's been talked down out of that hill. Look, we did some other crazy stuff. So it was uh, the hill we didn't see mu- as much of as probably Czech would have liked. Um, but certainly we saw enough of, uh, enough of the grass facing the dirt, um, doing some difficult things together, you know, um, you know, building that hard work sort of mentality that's going to treat us well in the cup. And is that what it is for, you know, what are we now? Not long, uh, you know, when it all sort of starts and gets rolling and all of a sudden you get momentum. Is it is it team bonding and that's going to be perhaps the most crucial thing for this, you know, upcoming World Cup? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot made around culture, um, you know, that sort of word culture and how teams build culture. Hard work is a foundation of, of how you start. You know, you see your other teammates working really hard, pushing towards a goal. That does a lot for respect. You know, straight away, um, you get, builds a lot of trust that everyone's putting in, um, everything and the, you know, the sacrifices that go with that. So, you know, do, having a camp like, being able to have a camp like that, so beneficial in so many reasons. Yes, you get a lot of time together in a different environment and New Caledonia is such a unique environment. You know, you're like, you're, sure. you're only flying two and a half hours away, um, well, from Sydney and you're driving on the other side of the road. You're speaking French, or you're trying, <laughs> trying pretty hard <laughs> to speak French. Um, you know, and, and it's just a completely different environment and you're thrust into that and that's going to, you know, go a long way to, you know, memories and, and things built with the team. And what about the personalities, mate? Did anything change when you were overseas? Uh, as in, did anyone all of a sudden become the practical joker on tour uh, or, uh, or, or or come out of their shell? Oh, well, sh- well, yeah, obviously, you know, it lends itself a bit to that. We worked out straight away who can drive on uh, the other side of the road and drive manual, which uh, eliminated about three quarters of the team. So usually everyone's pretty keen to drive the vans around. That knocked out a couple of guys. And then there was guys, you know, um, our management were getting pretty unhappy because there was some late night um, driving lessons going on um, and the cars were getting a, a few bumps and bruises or definitely the clutch was anyway. So, um, <laughs> mate, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good little uh, introduction there. Half of that team wouldn't know what a manual car is. They're so young. Mate, seriously, seriously. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty funny. Um, Fantastic. Getting to and from training, but uh, yeah, unique, sure. All part of the stories uh, heading into the World Cup, mate, and we'll get there. So just a quick question. So, you know, obviously you're over New Caledonia. There would have been waves around. Were you keeping a little eye on that? Because obviously growing up on the northern beaches, that was, I suppose that was part of your life. Yeah, well, I don't want to give um, give too much away, but there was there was a day, you know, that set out checks sort of, kept in his back pocket there to to be able to do something to get away from rugby for a day because you know you put in all this hard work you need to balance the ledger a little bit 
um, you know, that, that is also important. So there was a little opportunity, mm. a little window in, in all this training that we did um, to do some, you know, and there's plenty of activities to do. So there was sort of this one day where guys could get out and do different things. My thing I was chasing and did a lot of research on was waves. And uh, managed to get so with with Nathan Gray, the um, the other Northern Beaches legend, manly legend, um, to get some good left handers right out on the reef. It's like jump on a boat um, early in the morning. Didn't know what boards would get. Chuck the boards in the you know we're on this boat with this guy who speaks pretty good English, and uh, just shot four K like you know forty minutes football. Uh, the boat going full bore. <laughs> straight out to the ocean, like beautiful colors of these waters and, and everything. And then you just hit reef. You just hit this coral sort of shelf that wraps around um, in New, New Mia. And um, yeah, and we got good waves, like good waves. Fantastic. So, um, mate, it was something I've always wanted to do, you know, just be on a boat and you've got your board on the boat. You just dive into this crystal water. It was still no wind and, you know, about three or four foot. And um, yeah, good, great fun. You know, you had crazy was uh, – he couldn't wipe the smile off his face for uh, for a couple of days there. It was amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And you know, what, yeah, I suppose it, cool. at, at, at that point in time, you, you feel like you're a million miles from rugby and, and the pressures of, you know, a rugby world cup. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, you know what the the goal was to to balance the ledger, and and for me, um, in that little uh, little adventure that I had, it was like, um, you know, ticking a ticking a box that I've always wanted to do. I couldn't believe I managed to do it on a rugby trip. So um, it was something I won't forget for sure. And just part, like you said, of the story. It's uh, it was cool, cool way to you know get things underway. What about when you are at home, mate, and you've got some time to yourself? Where do you go? What's your favourite break? Uh, I've surfed a lot of DY. Um, so growing up down Collaroy DY, but these days I'm in Manly. Um, yeah. I've been surfing Manly Beach quite a bit, but I like out in Bower and and uh, Winky there. Try and surf that quite a bit. Um, bit of a weekend warrior these days. Unfortunately, I can't get out too often, um, you know, with the bumps and bruises of footy. But, um, yeah, the Northern Beach is great waves all along it. You know, though. You know, though, don't well, you, mate? You know. You, of course. You, you, you get in a bit, eh? Because I, I, I get deep in the green room, mate. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's massive. You check in a bit, don't you? Yeah. Talk about it. No, I, mate, I, think, I think there was a point there where we had the Waratahs board riders uh, and I occupied the sand, uh, I think, on every Wednesday afternoon while we watched sort of Grazy and Wits and the boys do their stuff. So, mate, I'm I'm a genuine novice in the water, just like I'm a novice on the motorbike. We were never allowed to ride them. How, how do you get to start riding a Harley? What's going on? You just don't have to tell anyone. You don't, you know, you just don't go walking <laughs> around bragging about these things. There's actually a little bit of a, a bit of a club there in the Waratahs now. Um, but I don't know. Some I reckon one day it could stop. There'll be be a uh, stop put to it, but. Um, yeah, I could imagine you would have been a nice little um, surfing cheerleader on the beach back in the day. That's exactly it, mate. That was where my best work was done. Exactly right. Um, what, what about the you, – you, th- you look back at the, the Michael Hooper story. Uh, did you ever sort of dream of, of this and, and where, you were, where you've come to being a professional rugby player? No. I mean, um, no, I've been very lucky, very lucky um, to, to wind up in this situation. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that, you know um, – lead to lead to a player being in um in the position for playing for your country but um no it wasn't it was something that i think is just a, ja- a gradual um you know step 
in a certain direction. That's certainly what it was for me. You get confidence at a certain level and then you mm. get the opportunity to represent a different level and you tick that and you go, oh, geez, I'm feeling um, feeling good here and you want to, you know, then improve that. And, and that's certainly how it felt, felt for me. It was much of definitely getting to a level, feeling like I belong there and then trying to see what was next. And, um, you know, that's that's just the way it's played out for me. I suppose that hard part it also, and, and you know, looking back through history, uh, you, you go to that Bledisloe Cup and the first thing that the press come out of it has been, you know, 33 years or whatever, whatever the number is. Um, most people don't see, uh, what happens during the week. They just see the weekend. How, how, how much does that play an influence or, or, or influence you guys when you're, when you're playing, knowing that, uh, people see, I suppose, weekend warriors. They don't see what goes, you know, the hard work that goes on during the week. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's sometimes the hardest thing to convey is. Uh, you know, you, you give the public a snapshot, 80 minute snapshot of what you've been working at. And sometimes what you've worked on all week, um, re- rewards in a great, you know, victory or, you know, plays off, you know, now it's never going to play off exactly how you think, but, you know, yeah. comes together really well. And then other days it just doesn't. And it's hard to explain <laughs> when it doesn't, um, that, you know, the prep was was there, so you got to yeah. then, you know go back through and, and see why. Look, the um the reward of getting it right in that like that snapshot on the eighty minutes on the weekend, so great with all the hard work that's put in. That's what you know. You sit back after it and go, yeah, really satisfying. You know, you laid a plan out, and you executed it. That's um, it's very rewarding. Oh, was that was that Perth? Uh, you know, to be uh to be frank about it, you know, that was an, an incredible performance. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah, I mean, we certainly. The, the thing was with that that um, performance was, was a full squad effort. The the team that wasn't, you know, I mean, some including some bench players, but some players who weren't playing in the team. The importance of that group and preparing the the starting fifteen, um, you know, the, the the trainings they put together, particularly on uh, the Tuesday and Thursday, which is certainly the main days, um, was was so critical to how that all eventuated on the weekend. You know, it really set a standard for for what we're going to need going forward into this cup. Um, you know, and, and not saying that it wasn't as great the second week, but it was certainly like a benchmark as, as something that we want to try and a level that we want to attain, um, throughout this, uh, this cup coming up. Well, that's the halftime whistle. We'll take a quick break. Then we'll hear more from today's special guest, Michael Hooper. Stay with us. Hey there, sorry to interrupt your podcast, but once you've finished up here, why don't you head over to Hammer at Home? You'll hear from me, Barry Dubois. I'll be talking to all sorts of interesting people from all different walks of life about their homes, families, all sorts of stuff. Start by giving my chat with Dr. Chris Brown a listen. I reckon it's a lot of laughs. Take it easy. Catch you soon. Welcome back to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. Today we're chatting with current Wallabies captain, Michael Hooper. Now, uh, you're the fourth youngest ever captain of the, of the Wallabies and, and I know your, your dad's been a big influence in, in your life. Did he have a few words to say to you when you took that armband for the first time? Did he give you the uh, tales never fails type thing or was he more <laughs> deep than that? What's, what, was the, uh, what was the story of, of Hooper Senior? Oh, mate. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. There's not like a nice, cool story about this one, unfortunately. I think it's, um, I, you know, I, I think he's always just been very honest, very open with, um, with my performances, 
um, you know, whether they're good or not so good or whatever, he'll be very frank with that. Um, and he'll be very honest with, you know, and very proud, um, you know, uh, and he, tr- he tries not to um, impose too much, I guess. Yeah. And that's certainly what he would have been, would have been thinking at that point, you know, he wouldn't want to put too much, um, too much pressure or anything on, on me there. It's, it's certainly something that you talk about more um, down the track, I think, uh, because, yeah. you know, I mean, as you would know, it just like a new game's upon you every week. So, you know, one happens and you get your review from that and then you're so, you're so driven to, to the next goal because it comes around so quick. And, um, and, you know, fortunately, I've been able to, you know, be in the, in the game a while that it just keeps rolling on. So you don't have time to sit back and, um, you know, even though um, people tell you to do it, you sometimes do it and that's great, but you've got to keep moving. You've got to keep moving forward. Mm. That, that, that moving forward is, you know, from an old bloke like me is quite incredible because, yeah, you know, I look at how you guys train. Uh, you know, get around the park these days. You you wear the GPS trackers. Uh, th- there's no place to hide. I remember Bobby DeWire came to training once uh, and said, "I've got this new system." And we used to run for three seconds, nine seconds, or six seconds, and nine seconds. And we had a fellow called mm. Darren Junee. He used to hold his breath when he ran past Bob DeWire, and then sort of exhale as he as he went past. So it it, it looked like he was doing some hard work where actually he wasn't. But <laughs> you guys, you guys can't hide. There, there's just nowhere to hide. And with all the cameras, it's just you are on show all the time. How how, how do you deal with? How do you boys deal with that? It's just a new new standard, I guess, and you you change with the times. Like you know, mate, I you know you talk you you talk yourself down there in your age. You know, I you know you look back. And guys are cutting edge at that time. That's just what it is now. And it's probably going to be in 10 years down the track. They'll look back and go, oh, I can't believe they're doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, it's very much just grabbing, grabbing what we got right now and, and trying to make the most of it. Yes. I mean, the GPS is you can't just, um, you know, walk into your room at night and throw it around the room and expect to get a couple K out of it, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> or your sleep, what you, you can't put your sleep watch in your, um, you know, in your bag and just hope that it picks up that you've been sleeping all, all night or something like that. You've actually got to wear it. So, um, there's no faking those things, but hey, that's just trying to make us, um, make us better and, you know, add a little 1% here and 1% there. And, um, that's a good thing. If I, if I do remember right, I think there was an English player who strapped his, Heart rate monitor to his dog and uh, tried to take it off that he'd been a, been doing a session. Yeah, exactly right. There's you're always going to try and uh, bluff the coach at some stage, yeah, I suppose. So it, interesting. Uh, yeah, hey, that's right. Hey, what, what about what about your captaincy? Uh, what what motivates you there? Do you do you look back on history or is it setting your own tone going forward? Uh, what motivates me? I think you know, I touched on it earlier. The reward of a plan coming off. Um, you know, start setting out at the start of the week and going, okay, this is what it's going to look like. This is going to be our focus points. Um, you know, what are we going to need to do here? How are we going to attack the opposition there? What's that going to look like in our own personal training? And then you get into the game and something like, you know, you, it's a sweet move that comes off or, um, you know, the, 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 the points that you talked about during the week really show up in the game and you're able to adapt and move on the run with that sort of stuff. Mm. And you sit back at the end and you see the enjoyment that everyone brings, brings everyone, not just the guys within the group, staff, players, but also the family. I mean, that's been something that's really impacted me in the last couple of years is just, it's not just our ride, um, you know, and and obviously the fans, but just how much the the families of this group feel the highs and lows, um, you know, with us as well. So just how much that... 
you know, the result can impact um, so many people is is um, a huge reward too. Now, what about uh, you've had four years, I suppose, to think, Stu, uh, what you could have done differently about that final in 2015. Rugby World Cup is finally here. How excited are you? It's just like how good is this, this ride going to be? Because, you know, I look back on the, the last World Cup and it's just such a highlight and we didn't get to the final you know, um, we didn't get. I mean, the final, <laughs> win the final, um, and it was an amazing time. And you think, geez, you can, you know, um, make that time again, and just one better. Um, mm. And that's and that's super exciting. And it's it's going to be different. That's for sure. Different, um, a different feeling, different group. And that's that's also equally. You don't know what it's going to bring. That's what's so great about these tournaments. Um, tournaments, and it's you know seven or seven or so weeks of just. Um, you know, balls to the wall type stuff, and and that's great to be a part of. Yeah, and it, it comes down to momentum, doesn't it? Because I mean, at the back of that, I've we've you know, we're here, we keep hearing that Australians are the most uh, ha- have purchased the the second most tickets over there. So you'll have some fans over there, which is going to be fantastic. So is there anything like from a Wallabies perspective we can see that's going to be out of the box again, or or is it sort of just as you mentioned, doing the basics very, very, very well? Oh, the basics got to be sharp, without doubt. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to be on there, but bit of a bit of a line that Czech's been using throughout is if we don't know what we're doing, no one else does. So, <laughs> um, you know, we'll be uh, we'll be playing a bit with that, and um, you know, I think we've shown some good good things in this year um, so far, and we've shown that we can play a really attractive style of rugby that that can win. Um, it's just another other little add to, to where we want to go, and that's building and that's growing. Um, mm. By the time you're playing your best game of rugby on the third of November, what about first two thoughts um, that come to your mind about the uh, Fiji game in Wales? Uh, yeah, I mean that's going to be fantastic for you guys. Great start. First, first thoughts come to mind just Fiji. Mm. You know, like it's you know the the tournament style is just game at a time um and they are really you know they play every time i play them such physical game they play a unique style of rugby um it's going to be you know unique in uh in the environment that we're going to play in it's an indoor stadium up there um you know that's the the field's literally driven in under this um you know uh moved in under this sort of say canopy but it's not really a canopy yeah. it's you know big big roof um so it's going to be unique playing there it's going to be hotter than you know we're used to at this time of year you know so there's all these little challenges and, and i love you know I, I love that and i know all the boys are really pumped about that first challenge we'll get a little week roll in in um you know up there in japan before we hit that and and let's go you know and then and, and then it's world number one or former world number one wales after that former are they have they lost it what's what's going on I think they're, I think they're, they're out of that now, aren't they? Yeah, New, New Zealand are back on top now, I think. I think New Zealand have jumped back up. I think Wales have gone down to fourth, okay. I think, like the, the way that it all works out. Anyhow, but we're, 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 are you worried about the red jersey of, of Wales coming coming uh, coming at you um, you know, in that second game? Yeah, such a quality team. They've proven that over the last couple of years now. You know, they've been um, – they've produced a really hard style of rugby to beat. Um, there's outstanding defence. They squeeze you really well. Um, you know, we'll have an eight day turnaround from Fiji there into that game. Um, you know, it's going to be second game into the tournament. It's going to be huge. It's going to be, um, yeah, really exciting to, uh, to hit that one for sure. Who's your, uh, what about your Smokey for this tournament? I know that, you know, we talk about South Africa, New Zealand, Wales, uh, you know, ourselves, you guys, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty even up the top there. Chuck in Ireland. Got a Smokey out there that, that sort of, you know, we, we're not really sort of 
focusing too hard on or, or the, the punters? Oh, I had giving out these sort of things, but yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta back the uh you gotta back the um the home nation, don't you? Um they're able to do some some of that sort um stuff in the last World Cup, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they're able to do it again. I tell you what, you mate, you, you should be opening the batting for Australia at the moment. Yeah, that was straight and straight back down the wicket. Yeah, Outstanding, absolutely. Mate. Well, well done. No, I think Smithy's doing all right, eh? <laughs> Very well done. Oh, yeah. Mate, what about that? Outstanding. Hey, now tell me, uh, are you guys going to get a chance to experience Japan or is it sort of going to be all business? Uh, we, we will in doses. Um, you know, we are traveling over quite a bit of the country, um, up in Sapporo to start, and then we're down to back down to Tokyo in the second game. And we're moving all around after that, you know, where you get down to the, the later rounds back in Tokyo. So, um, you know, we will we will experience a fair fair bit and fair bit of Japan. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll find time to, to get out and taste the cuisine, meet the people and, um, you know, do a bit of that. But, mate, it's, um, we're there for a job. And um, you know we couldn't be more excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's the that's the big picture, isn't it? I, I, just a quick one, mate. Tell me, you you do so much flying, traveling these days. Uh, you just about probably got your captain's outfit on there flying the plane. <laughs> Tell me, you, you're platinum freaking flyer, aren't you? You must be, aren't you? Yes, yeah, I am, and it's like it's a genuine commodity. You know, you don't want to lose that. You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to miss a trip to Af- <laughs> South Africa or. Um, you know, you do your spring tour at the end of the year. These things, it's um, yeah, you hang on to that with dear life, um, because that lounge is is great. It, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it, it was it was a sad day when they said, "Sir, we're going to take away your platinum frequent fly for me." It was one of the, it was one of the, it's, there's small things in life that you achieve, uh, but that was one of them, and it was a, it was incredibly disappointing. Anyhow, that's that's all right. Remind, but keep keep me in mind if you see me when you when I'm wandering around the airports, please, mate. That'd be great. Oh yeah, I will do. Well, that's a full-time whistle on this week's episode of Talking Rugby. Michael Hooper, Hoops, thanks so much for your time, mate. I know you're busy ahead of your World Cup preparation. Good luck. I'm sure you guys will bring back that cup and write your own piece of history, mate. So well done. Good luck. Looking forward to it. Cheers, Berkey. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you. Good on you, Hoops. Fantastic, mate. Thanks, mate. Later, mate. Now, during the Rugby World Cup, make sure you subscribe to our weekly podcast, Talking Rugby, with me, Matt Burke. We'll give you an insight into the playing group as they bid for Rugby World Cup glory. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. You've been listening to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. Monty. Yes. I've heard you like podcasts. I do. What kind of podcasts do you like? All sorts. Well, we've got all sorts on 10 Speaks. Have you heard of 10 Speaks? No. Well, we have various podcasts like The Professor and the Hack with Peter Van Anselen and Hugh Rimmington, The Western Front, a look at AFL from a West Australian perspective with Tim Gossage and Lockie Reed. Have you got any views of AFL from a South Australian perspective? No, we do not. Okay. 